TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 501. I can't believe I'm saying it. And as always, I am with Australia's legend of longevity. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. Oh, hello, PC. Great to uh, be joining you in the back of the car today, I've got to tell you. It's a very different episode. To, to episode 500, we were together in the flesh in Sandringham at Sandy <laughs> by the Bay. We had a live oh. audience. And yes. To, oh, Didn't we get on? And today, I am in Greensboro watching a lollipop lady let people cross the road before school. I'm in the back seat of our rented Kia Carnival because uh, it's <laughs> mad in the uh, in well my sister's house where there's seven children. And they're all playing games, um, and there's no rooms where it would be quiet. And I thought, the only peace and quiet I'm going to get, uh, the makeshift studio, like it is these days for many people, is the car. So, great mm. to be with you and everyone else that? from the backseat of a key carnival in Greensboro. Backseat karaoke. Yeah, we're, we're like, yeah, <laughs> off we go. <laughs> key carnival karaoke. I love it. And how's your world been yeah, since awesome. our um, landmark episode last week? What have you got for us? Well, I tell you, there was uh, excitement about the event. You know, a lot of people enjoyed being part of the 500th episode, which was really good. People commented, you know, I was like, oh, you know, what do you think of the night? They're going, oh, the sunset was beautiful. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was. Like, oh, could you see it? I go, no, I couldn't see it. I was looking no. at you. And, uh, and so it was, yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that was. Did you think that was indicative of their fun on the night? That their highlight maybe. was the, no, look. <laughs> maybe. I mean, they got back. up and about and there was, you know, cheers and excitement. A big shout out to Kara and Mitch who turned up literally days, like literally only two days before they got married on the Friday. So they, uh, they, they came a, two days before they got married. Yeah, and you should see get that. a chance to say hello to Karen. You could put them into little, you know, cardboard boxes with cellophane at the front, and they would be like Ken and Barbie. Those two, what a, <laughs> what a good looking, what a good looking bunch those two are. And a little shout out too to my um, great fate, ma- uh, great mate Macca and his beautiful wife Christy. We went uh, out for dinner last night, and Christy said that she. Um, we went out to Indian last night. You know how I like to go to my little Indian yeah. restaurant in um, in Sandringham. We were out for Indian last night, and Christy said, uh, "Yeah, I often put a hundred not out on. Um, it helps me get to sleep." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're feeling a bit flat here. I can feel it. I'm like, you're hey, getting oh, you're getting lullabies." Are you serious, Christy? No, no, no. But she said, you know, but she listens. She listened to lots of episodes, and she was, you know, recounting some of the episodes. Her favourite was Dexter Kruger. Um, I love that one. Um, actually, no, I beg your pardon. Her favourite was Eddie Jaku. We talked about Dexter Kruger, but her favourite was Eddie Jaku. And then she went and bought the book, and she's like, "Where's he from?" And I said, "Well, he's he's very from, but he resided in Sydney and blah, blah, you know, yada yada yada." So, anyway, pretty exciting, and. Um, and, but she did say that, you know, sometimes when she can't get to sleep at night, she puts our dulcet tones on and um, drifts off to sleep feel, with us. Should, yeah, you should feel really 
Um, that's a, that's a great compliment because we're both in Melbourne. So you, yeah. when you and I were growing up, the stalwarts of nighttime radio were Bruce and Phil on 3AW, and they would be helping the the state of Victoria go to sleep. It's just it was the calming end to the day listening to Bruce and Phil. And now, Damo, you have you have become we you have are. become a part of the nighttime ritual of so many people in Australia. And the world. Uh, and, <laughs> and, the the ritual. Ritual. and the exercise ritual. And the exercise ritual. And the driving ritual. ironing ritual and the walking the ritual and yeah. the doing the dishes ritual. Yeah, um, the toilet ritual. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, that, is a, that is an accomplishment. And there's a lot of love for you on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I put a little post up of our 500 episode bromance. And gee whiz, there's Did a you? lot of love for you. Oh, I have a yeah. look. I tagged you and everything, but I know it's hard oh. to get. I know, I know you and I both aren't, you know the most I just don't jump on I just don't even I don't go on the only thing I go on to do uh, is to check out cat videos like when a cat's (laughs) running away (laughs) (laughs) a cat jumps onto a ceiling fan or you know falls into a bucket like it's like play fighting with a dog like I just think they're all just cute little videos but I I do that because Amber sends those to me she goes check this out check this out so I do um, (laughs) but then I don't go and scroll through anything else maybe I'll look at a bit of golf but I don't tend to do anything you know, so, uh, I played golf. We will get to the topic of today's episode. I played golf the other day for the first time in 12 years down at Rosebud wow. with did all you, of my school did you? Yep. Wow, how did I you go? I'll send you a photo. Well, actually, <laughs> this won't mean much, but I actually played as well as I did 12 years ago, which is still about 110 off the stick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I can't get much worse, but... Um, it was good. It was it was a good good fun. Um, oh, good. So there you go. Anybody take it too seriously and throw helicopters? Uh, <laughs> maybe you know, ten years ago, but no, there were no helicopters. Like no helicopters. Yes. Um, oh, bloody hell! Oh, hate golf. Oh, why don't you just go in? You know, I do love. Thing. I do love the hole by hole psychoanalysis. You you play one good hole, and you're like, oh, I think I might take this up more. And then you play bad hole. I'm never playing this again. <laughs> oh, I hate this game. This game sucks. Yeah, totally. Um, now, in other uh, extracurricular activities in Melbourne, uh, yes. the whole family, well, well, my, my sister Georgia, not the whole family, and, and her kids, and Sarah and I and the kids, and my dad and Brenda went to the Melbourne Zoo yesterday and had a great time in the rain. Um, but it got me thinking that, you know, we often say, you know, you, you know, a lot of people feel like they're so much like their parents and... Da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, what type of lessons, uh, just reflecting last night, what type of lessons have I learned from uh, DP um, in, the, you know, in the context of life, in the context of family and, and so on? And I thought, what a great topic to have a little chat about uh, because I know you, know you and I have spoken so much about um, your papa who almost got to 100 not out. I think I don't know what was more heartbreaking for you, losing your papa or losing your papa. What was it, 13 days or 17 days before 100? Yeah, yeah, it was somewhere between thirteen and seventeen, maybe fifteen. It was something like that. Um, we, oh, well, the, it definitely wasn't the, it wasn't the, it wasn't that he didn't get to a hundred. It was that he passed away. Of course, you know, of that's, course, that's course. definitely the saddest. Yeah, yeah absolutely, for, for sure, because because he was he. I learned so many things from him through observation, but I, I learned so many things through my family, like you do too. So, and, and this is the inspiration for this podcast, as you just said before, you know, hung out with DP the other day and um, you, you reflected and learned some stuff. So, you know, I think this is going to be a great conversation because as people are driving or as they're washing the dishes, doing the ironing, whatever you're doing, falling off, drifting off to sleep, 
Christy. Um, maybe um, you might think about what are the lessons you've learned from your family. Um, and there's so many great lessons um, that we can talk about, which we will. Yes. So I reckon in the context of 100 Not Out, I really want to ask you about Papa. I know, I know he's, we've spoken about him when he passed away, but in just on the back of the trip to the zoo yesterday, I know two things that I will tell that I will tell the listeners about my dad. One, massive dedication to family, but to the point where it's rose-colored glasses, like the perfect pieces, is something that he would say. And I'm like, Dad, <laughs> you just you're so not looking at the other side of the coin. You'd come home late and you'd make a mistake, and he'd be still like, "No, my kids are perfect." And I was like, "We're not." Uh, but it's the dedication to the dedication to family that is just so one-eyed that I absolutely love. Like the older I get, I'm like, oh, what a man! Like to actually have that blind love for yeah. family is a beautiful yeah. thing. You would never want to go to the opposite, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. You could say it's not right and all of these things, but it's like really, it's like over communicating. What would you rather, over communicating or not communicating enough? Um, so that's definitely one. The other one, which is a bit more controversial, um, is like work hard, but then I would say, but not too hard. Cause I think oh, yeah. at times my dad worked too hard, um, yeah. to the consequence of certain, you know, relationships and other things. So I think I've probably learned from dad, like work hard, but don't work too hard because I think, and I, I think society would, it would, probably resonate a lot more with that today. I know a lot of people in my dad's generation is like, oh, when we were your age, we were working, you know, 100-hour weeks or seven days a week. I think that that still exists, but there's also a lot more understanding of you don't want to burn the candle, you know, at both ends too much. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really um, that's a, a, that's a really interesting insight because I, I would love to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Because what if you love your work so much that it, that it causes you joy so as opposed to causes you grief so that's a little question because oh, it's, what a great, if, it's a great question i think yeah. my very personal experience is what if you love your work so much yeah that it brings you joy but it causes suffering to others like and suffering is a bit of a tough term isn't it but you know if you're I was just talking about this with um george's husband lee we we're talking about the blessing of COVID. how you used to pre-covid you know again i'm in greensboro lee works in the city and it's like pre-covid he'd be going to the city every day leave home at 6.30 in the morning, get home at 6.30 at night, you know, see the yeah. kids. I think the average I think the average in Australia that that uh, working parents saw their children was like five minutes a day, you know, the ones mm. where they're leaving home. And then so now it's like there's a lot more. He's still working as hard, mm. you know what I mean, but uh, seeing the kids more. So I think, you know, if you love your work and it brings you joy but you don't see your kids and you don't get to invest as much time in, uh, your intimate relationship if you have one and you don't see your friends because you're working so hard. I think that's where it gets a little bit consequential. But it depends it depends if the consequences well, are real or imagined. That's that's the thing. Yeah, and are we being judgy on values in a, in that you know, so what if DP's highest value, greatest value back then was work. Um and now it's shifted a little bit, you know. So, because your values will shift from time to time. So, if we do a bit of a DMAR on that and you kind of go, well, what if your highest value is driving in that direction? And if, you know, do you, should you, you know, I'll just use that word, should you change your value system to be aware of the consequences of your actions to the extent that you're, do you know, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and I think if we are, yeah, I think that's the that's the great thing. If we do unpack all of these challenges in the context of my, if we just go, I can only talk of my own experience with my dad because as you said, there's no room 
well, in our lives, we're no room for judgment of other people's lives. But I can mm-hmm. definitely interpret, you know, my life in the context of my dad's life. And I think, as I've always said to many people, my mum and dad splitting up was the best thing they ever did because it taught yeah. me so much on what I wanted for my own life. So, yeah, sure. dad's lived his life and he's lived a great life uh, and he's living a great life. But it's not the life I think I've learned. Like my dad, you know, the other thing probably, you know, and my dad and I have different views on this, but my dad's dad was an alcoholic. And I go, well, right. I look at my dad's dad. I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I look at my dad's dad. never met him. My dad hated his dad and he learned how not Terrible. to live. Yeah. He wouldn't say it this way, but my dad was like, well, I don't want anything to do with that type of life. So, he was a completely different human being to, to his dad. But my dad's three siblings had very similar lifestyles, lots of drinking, yeah. lots of smoking. And right. the rest, whether they were all conscious of it or not, which I think is the, the Demartini stuff or being self-aware, like that's the thing that I think a lot of us probably um, have to, like I think it's not everyone does a lot of work on themselves. How do you say it yeah. that way? Like talking about this about marriages the other day, like every marriage has challenges, but you'd rather the marriage is challenges where you've both got a level of self-awareness. Yeah. Rather not so, I'm not sure that DP was self-aware in that he had these strong views about his dad and how he was going to live his life differently. It was almost, um, it was innate. It was like, it just, it's just how he did it. But um, I do think it's, yeah, those, those, those lessons from family, the ones that are born out of heartache and challenge, I think they're the big ones. I agree with you. I agree with you uh, 100% PC. And the other thing that I would suggest is that I think we all look to be or do things differently um, and we would each see them as upgrade on our previous generations. You know what I mean? Like so yeah. you go back to your grandparents, 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 everyone's going to go, I'm going to do it better than them. I'm going to do it better than them and I'm going to do it better than them. And so then when you reflect and I go, well, I'm going to be a better dad than my dad was and he was a better dad than his dad was, was his dad a better dad than what his dad was and so on and so forth. And then am I bold enough and brave enough to ask Jackson, am I doing a better job? Or and actually – what would be the things about my parenting style that you would do differently when you become a, a oh, dad? They're you know great what I mean? Questions. Oh, I love those questions. So, how good would that be? I think I might ask Jack that. I go. I might go. Based on what you've had in the first twenty-two years, what would you do differently if I, if you know, how, what, what are the things that you won't do as a dad? Um, and the answers will done. be different when he's a dad yeah. versus when, totally. like you said, you totally. know. They because I, I, you know, I swore black and blue that I wouldn't do certain things when I was a dad. But then you look at it and you go, oh, my gosh, that's just like my mum. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, that's just like my dad. Um, and so where I say that I, I, I had a lot of lessons from my grandparents, and I definitely do and did. Um, and I continue to and – and I'll go into my major lesson from my, my grandfather and my grandmother, my, my nana and my papa. Um, that's, that's probably – because I spent – they had such a significant influence on my life that – they're the people that I probably got the most amount of lessons from. So, and I'll go into that in a second, but I think that um, maybe I got a little bit waylaid there. So, no, <laughs> what was I saying? You were talking, you were going to, you were, you were about to go into the lessons from your papa. Papa, yeah, yeah, pro, yeah pretty that. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so you, you, you look at and you see the things that you do that you're parents did that you thought you wouldn't do that you do do so yeah, yeah I, so you I can you can understand them more as you get yep. older yeah like totally. used, so yeah, like as yeah. you look at dp i i reckon when darby 
is sitting in the back of the car recording a podcast in the back of a Kia Carnival. He's just been to the zoo with you <laughs> and his kids, and yeah. you're calling it the perfect pierces. I reckon he's going to go, Dad, we're not the perfect pierces. You yeah, know what totally. I mean? Totally. I reckon, that's the thing, and you, and you love it. Like, that's the thing. The older I get, the more I'm like, yes. oh, what a man. Like That yeah. dedication. And yeah. But when you're 18, you're like embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. Dad. You know. Dad, stop it. We're not perfect. <laughs> Oh, you know, dear. yeah, totally. Yeah. But you know what I learned from my grandfather? It goes back to this whole working thing. Um, so my papa, who, you know, he he always said that he wasn't that smart, but he I tell you what, he read the paper all the time, and he knew so much. And you know, I often said, and you might recall me saying, he forgot more than what I learned. And I went to university mm. for thirteen years, so he just knew so much about so many things that he and he just could just recount stories and talk about the history and the war and plants in the Monash, you know, gardens or what sort of grass that was. He just knew so many things, you know, he could fix stuff and make stuff and build stuff. He he just had such a vast array of skills and talents. And, you know, if you had to build some, a cupboard, he would build a cupboard, you know, if you had to build, you know, I don't know, if you had to build a bicycle. He'd build a bicycle. You know, whatever. It didn't matter what it was. Like he just put his mind to it, and he'd just go and do it. If he had to repair something, he'd just repair it. So he just found ways to get things done. But he worked really hard. Like he worked really hard. Um, and what I learned from when I look at my papa, and a lot of a lot of the times we talk about, oh, it's the the Kennedy stress thing. You know, like because my family's the Kennedys, and my mum's side of the family's the Kennedys, yeah. and everybody stresses about something. There's a worry about something. But I don't think there's an issue with worrying about stuff. I think what it is is that you care enough to worry about it and you care enough to be concerned about it, but you don't need to be you don't need to care enough to stress about it. And so when you stress too much about something, that's when it becomes a problem. So if you work enough to care about it, then and, and so you might have a few worries, you might have a few stressors about it because you care enough. That's probably a different situation to working so much that it causes you stress and anxiety. And, and you know, stress and anxiety, which is anxiety is a, a, another level above worry when it all gets out of control. So I think that working a lot is not a big deal if you love it and you love it to the extent that you care so much about it. But in, unless – it impacts on the other things that you care about and you oh, start to regret that. This is divine. This is divine. I'm beginning to pull, put the pieces together um, in listening to you talk about this because I'm thinking, I love this because if your family, like you said, has a history of, um, I don't know if you call it worrying or like you said, caring about things, mm-hmm. uh, this, this lays a bit of a seed of crack your stress code. Like this yeah, is, you're does, putting the it? pieces together. Mm. of the Kennedy lineage with Crack Your Stress Code and, and they have provided a bit of fire there to put your remarkable intellectual property uh, to that. Um, and, I, and listening to Crack Your Stress Code for about the 12th time the other night um, <laughs> in, in Sandringham, it was, it was yeah. it's a divine piece of work. I think I came up to you afterwards going, you've got to like put into a model and make it this and there's a book there. It's like, but now you even put the context of your family behind it. It's very rich. Mm. It's very rich. It's a very well, powerful lesson to learn from family. It's reflective. And so I think yes. 
really what it is. And we can easily judge family. We can judge, you know, friends of family or even friends that we call family. Um, and most people try to be the best that they can through the lenses that they wear. Um, and, you know, people stuff up. People do the wrong thing. They do dumb things. Um, and that can be frustrating, agitating. But you look at the root cause of the reason why they do that, um, and it's it's probably really different to what you think. And then also uh, the way in which you interpret what's going on or the way in which you inter- you know you feel what actually happened is a result of the lenses that you see life through. So I think that's also, you know, great reflection so that because – and this is where we could become judgy-judgy – um, is that because somebody's done something a particular way which is different to your set of lenses, you could now live the wrong experience because of that interpretation. So it's, uh, I think it's, it's interesting. Yeah. There's a couple of randoms. I don't know if you've got any quick fires, but I'll give you – I've yeah. got a quick fire as you're talking uh, yeah. that comes to mind. So my dad yeah. never finished school. Right. And then he worked his butt off. Mm-hmm. delivering newspapers in the morning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that I could go to a private school. Yeah, wow. And you have no concept of that at the time. And I still get I still get mocked for like going to to a private school, but it's like I didn't choose the school. And it's like yeah. but the driving factor like What do you mean you got mocked this, for going to a private school? Oh, you know, just just private school kids get mocked for going to private schools. But the thing is really? is that um is that you you mentioned the word reflective and it's like at the time you're just going to the school you go to, right? Whatever your school That's is. Right. But then yeah. as you get older and you realize that, and you know, you make decisions for your children and what schools they go to and all the rest of it. And often it's time and money and travel and, you know, all of those things. But you, you, this, you put this reflective learning on it and you're like, wow, like at some point, you know, mum and dad had to sit down and go, right, what do we want for our children? Where are they going to go to school? Da 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 da. Well, you know, the numbers don't crunch. So I'm going to go and start getting up at three in the morning to deliver newspapers to pay the school fees and it's like whoa like then it's like would i do that <laughs> you it's a know, lot like, of papers i don't know would i do that you know, so it's like, <laughs> these days we'll probably try and find another way to earn the money mm, yeah it might be late at night rather than early morning but you know it's just it, it does <laughs> you know you you if i love what you said about reflective and for people listening to this like reflect on your family's behavior and mm. and what lessons do you glean from the past like and yeah and 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 I suppose to go a bit further is like, how are you applying those lessons in your daily life? And are you aware or not aware of them? Because I think it's the awareness of those little aha moments of like, oh, so that's perhaps why they were like that. Or that's perhaps why, you know, I've got these views and other things. Like, because when you do it, it's hilarious. Like, I, I know I'm, I'm rambling a bit here, but I always remember Sarah and I were at a, I don't know if it was a Tony Robbins event or a Cairo event. We're at an event together. And it was yeah. like, what beliefs have you had forever that you didn't know that you had those beliefs that maybe they weren't quite right? It's a bit of a brain bender. And I was like, <laughs> the one that I came up with, I was like 25 at the time. Up mm. until that time, um, until I got laughed at, I believed that if you, if you, <laughs> if you weed in the swimming pool, <laughs> it would change colour. <laughs> really? Literally. Up until 25. So, really? um, yeah, because we had a pool at home and clearly yeah. it, that lesson had been, you know, whatever. Instilled. Yeah. Instilled. And, yeah. and it just, you know, it's some beliefs you have that you just never question. And it wasn't until it was like, you know, then you do the group work and it's like, all right, so you're in a group of 10, share your belief with everyone in the group. And then they're all, I'm pretty <laughs> that sure was they're all laughing, going, "Dude, like, yeah, no, that doesn't happen." 
That's your most defining belief. That's how trusting you are, PC. That oh, that's so to that tree, that speaks to But it's just a metaphor of we have beliefs that we just assume to be real and true that actually mm-hmm. are not, but yeah. we just never question them. And yeah. that can be beliefs about our parents, about our that's siblings. 100%, that's 100% belief in what your parents say, say is right. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You never questioned your parents. You're just like, well, mum and dad are right, so that's I'll just right. believe them. Perfect mm, pitch. Was, like, why would yeah. they lie? Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, well, on that note, on that very awkward note, I'm going to conclude the 501st episode of 100 Not Out. Yeah. It's great to be kicking off another 500 with you today, so that's exciting, it's mate. It's going to be good. We can't wait for the next 499 after this one. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more on Damo, head on over to DamienChristoph.com, myself, MarcusPierce.com today. And if you want more of us, we're going to Ikaria in 2023, the Greek island known as the island where people forget to die. It's June 12 to 21. All the details and to apply, go to 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.